You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me on this fine Christmas day. Obviously a little untraditional, and I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet for y'all so you can get back to family stuff, whatever it is you might be doing. Hopefully something better than listening to me. By the way, Nat King Cole dominates Christmas. End of discussion. So what I want to do is, um, again, no ads or anything because I just want to rip through this. I know there are some to start, but I can't control that, whatever. Did it last year. We're going to do it this year. So I guess that makes it a tradition. It's the 12 days of Christmas, man. And although this isn't exactly how the 12 days of Christmas works, I'm making it up so it's a new thing. On this special 12 days of Christmas episode, we get 12 wishes. 12 things that we as Packer fans want, or I as a Packer fan want. Feel free to jump in the Facebook group. Give me your 12 or 1 or 4 or whatever. Sound good? All right. Number one on my 12 Days of Christmas Santa's Christmas shopping list, that's the full full name, is that the Packers would beat the Lions next week. Obviously this is obvious, but guess what? All 12 of these are obvious. If you're bored, maybe just click it off now and go spend time with the family. I have to come up with 12 things, and there's like one thing I want, and there's one thing you want, so give me a break, all right? There's no reason I shouldn't be gifted this gift. The Lions are horrible. Even if they were playing themselves, I don't think they could find a way to win. Number two, Marshawn Mania, son. Marshawn Lynch is back, and I'm ready for uh, Mr. Skittles to run wild on the San Francisco 49ers so that the Green Bay Packers get that number one spot. Number three, I want a Bears revival for just a day. It doesn't do any good for anyone. I just want to watch the Vikings lose again. If you don't have this on your list, that's fine. In fact, if you want the Bears to lose that game, that's also fine. I just, I got my own thing going here. I'm enjoying watching this team that wanted to beat the Packers and steal the North um, really get a thorough beating so that they learn never to try that again. That's sort of my thought. Number four. We're going to get through this quick. Continued health. This has been a ridiculously unprecedented year for health. I'm I'm guessing it can't last. I mean, it it's lasted this long, but it's just an impossibility that somebody isn't going to get hurt. But um, that is one of the biggest things, because as I mentioned yesterday, this is absolutely a team-based team. This is not one or two people dragging anything. This is a team effort across the board, and we need everybody. We need all hands. So continue with the continued health. Number five, offensive rhythm. I think the Packers found it um, on Monday. They had a couple hiccups and obviously a bunch of turnovers, but they were moving. And if we can just keep that going, if we can find that kind of success against, you know, Seattle, 49ers, Minnesota, again, whoever it is we end up playing, probably going to be some really good defenses. 
if we can continue to drive the ball down the field like we did against Minnesota, hopefully without the turnovers, um, scary team. Number six, then, complementing that is no regression for the defense. So if we find an offensive rhythm, the, the defense has to stay on point because, if anything, the defense is actually more important. You've heard the adage that defense wins championships. I thought it was a low to hooey. Turns out it's absolutely true. Very rarely does a team with a bad defense win a Super Bowl. It almost never happens. And that goes true for the Packers, who have had dominant offenses my entire lifetime. And the only two times they won Super Bowls is when they had dominant defenses. In fact, the two times they won Super Bowls, you could say, I'm not going to say definitively, but I think it was fairly definitive. The defense was, defenses were actually better than the offenses were those years. So that is critically important that the defense stays um, on point. And I legitimately think that defensive effort last uh, Monday was about as good of a defensive performance as I've ever seen since maybe week one against the Bears, but just across the spectrum. You just don't see defenses putting on those kinds of performances. Number seven, Zedarius Defensive Player of the Year, because he deserved it. Yeah, he stole my picture, whatever. I, I just, I th- this guy is, is beyond special, and it, it, the cool thing about Zedarius is he is like Reggie White and Brett Favre special, and what I mean by that is there is... There's just something about him that is infectious as a person. And I, you know, I got nothing but love and respect for Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and go down the list, Jordy and everybody else that's been kind of awesome, but he's just got a different way about him. There's just something different about him that you are invested in. You know, Brett Favre will always be probably the biggest Packer in my life. Nobody's ever going to, you know, especially because I was a kid. So the guy, as you grow up, is like a superhero because people are superheroes when you're a kid. But he's also just one of those people that you're just invested in and the whole thing with his dad in Oakland and just things like that that just are sort of franchise-altering and even life-altering where just the person, not just the game, but the person kind of comes into your home and into your, your family. And I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just a different kind of deal. And I am so, so, so excited that he's a Green Bay Packer. Number eight. If everything lays out as I kind of suggested, what should happen is that Minnesota has to go to Seattle. Now, you could argue that we want Minnesota to beat Seattle because then Minnesota has to come to Green Bay, which is probably the best option. Reason being, the alternative is most likely the 49ers come to Green Bay. However, nothing is guaranteed, and the thought of Minnesota possibly not only continuing on but knocking off the Packers and potentially even winning a Super Bowl would just kind of ruin the whole year. So why don't we just have Seattle beat Minnesota again, and we'll take our chances with the 49ers. In fact, I think we got them this time. The offensive line is playing out of control. I think Bosa is going to be kept in check. Maybe he gets a sack and a, and a couple pressures, whatever. But I don't think he's just going to completely shut down the offense single-handedly. And it's going to be on our turf, and I just think things will be a little bit different. Number nine, I would like a Rodgers revival. And let's be honest, the guy needs it. And I, I, I don't know where you stand on it. It doesn't really matter. You know, it's the receiver's fault. It's this, it's that, it's it, it, whatever. The guy is not doing the kinds of things that he used to do. The throws are not quite on point. I think mentally he's still there, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Point is, though, if Rodgers could get back, and I don't know if he, that's coming back, but if Rodgers could get back to what he was doing in, let's just say, 2014, that maybe that's too greedy. Whatever. Any time in that spectrum from 2009 to 2014, this team will not ever lose again. It's just not happening. So some version of a Rodgers revival would just be glorious. Number 10 is the most obvious of, of all these things. I would like for the Green Bay Packers to win a Super Bowl. 
I don't think I super need to elaborate on it, but I don't think anyone was expecting it. And the more time goes on, the more confident you feel like this could actually happen. I mean, to, to, to beat the Lions and go into the playoffs as potentially the number one or at least the number two seed at 13-3, and three, I don't know why anybody would not have some form of confidence. Even if you can pick out two teams that are in the playoffs that are better, which really that's about it. I don't know how, especially with home field advantage, you could say that the Vikings and the Eagles are better. Maybe three if you want to say the Seahawks, if you think they can come to Green Bay as banged up as they are and and beat the Packers, okay. But even so, if it's about the team with the best PFF grade or just the best, you know, eye test team that's going to win the Super Bowl, we should just crown them now, except for the fact that that almost never happens. Very rarely is it the best team that wins. It's, it's, there's things that happen. Unless the Patriots happen to be the best team that year, then the best team probably will win. But it's, it's, it's becoming very, very real the more time goes on. And I think every single week we're finding a team that is just finding ways to win, a coach that is really, really getting good at, at play calling and game management, uh, defense that's really starting to find its groove and a certain kind of attitude, and offense that's really starting to find its identity and its rhythm. And again, the health of the team is just incredible. And those factors are, are just, there's, you know, we, we used to back in, you know, what, 2015 or what, whatever those years were, we used to believe that the Packers were the greatest and that they deserved a Super Bowl and would probably be in the Super Bowl. And those are the years when we knew we didn't have a defense. I think we were more naive back then thinking a Super Bowl was a possibility than we would be now saying a Super Bowl is a possibility, as much as it feels exactly 180 degrees different. It feels now like, well, it's too early. It's a new team. It's probably not going to happen. They can't quite find their rhythm on offense. This mix of offense and defense and everything else is exactly the kind of thing that teams need to win a Super Bowl. So that would be my next wish. And then number 11, continued success. We see all the time teams that, especially with first-year head coaches, that start off hot and then fall off. Chicago Bears are a great example, right? You get a new offensive-minded guy that can scheme some stuff and catches people off guard and gets a little bit of a rhythm, and you have defenses or defensive players that are playing a little bit better than you would ever expect a player to. You know, maybe Zadarius regresses, whatever, and the team just goes from dominant to third in the division. Being able to continue this level of play and and grow and get better as opposed to regressing is incredibly, incredibly important. And then finally, number 12, the cheesiest of all, I want you all to have a very, very Merry Christmas. Yes, it's cheating, but I ran out of stuff. And also, I kind of like you people. So I hope it is full of merriment and joy. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, well, you should probably just check it out. The joy of getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning to set presents under the tree, turn on some Nat King Cole Christmas songs, light some Christmas-scented candles, bake a few cookies. It's a great feeling. And obviously there's a deeper meaning to Christmas than just cookies and presents, and being able to experience that joy and enrichment in your life is also something that's extremely beneficial. So enjoy Christmas, and again, if you're not a Christmas person, maybe just spend the day, look into it a bit. Hope you all enjoy the holidays. Merry Christmas, and God bless you and your family.
you 